I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching to you. I'm trying to think of a different way to put it. I'm trying to tell you what causes you to stress out in life. It's because you don't believe God's in charge of everything. If you believe in predestination, predestination is not a difficult thing to believe. It's a comforting thing to believe. It comforts you. Mainly because predestination prohorizo, that's the word. You can't, you've got to deny prohorizo if you say, I hate predestination. Well, the Bible says in Romans 8 and 29, For whom he did foreknow. Whom is the word hus, H-O-U-S. The diacritical mark has a breathing sound. There are no H's in the Greek language. Whom, that's masculine gender, singular. That means this is not a what or events he foreknew. Did Jesus know all the events? Yes, he's ordained them all. Isaiah 46 and 10. He's declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times, everything that's not yet done in your life. So when those things come about, like a car wreck, or like your house getting foreclosed on, a foreclosure, or you losing your job, if you're a believer, or... One of your children getting some disease, child disease. Are you any number of difficulties in your life? The Bible says God has declared it all. This is why it's a lot easier to believe in predestination. Everything that happens, he's declared the end Let's just say that's the end of time because that's what it means. From the beginning, he's declared it all. And from the beginning of time, he's declared everything that's happening in your life. If you can come to believe that God is sovereign over all things, the good and the bad, and what's positive and what's negative, the evil that comes in your life, that's God. He said, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That word evil in Isaiah Isaiah 45 and 7 is the word ra. That's what it is. That's the common word of evil from one end of the Old Testament to the other. The tree of the knowledge of good and raw, good and evil. When a man man did evil, it was always raw. So God says, and it does mean calamity, but let me ask you this. Is it is it a calamity when some evil man hijack some airplanes and crash them into a World Trade Center committing murder 
and devastation and people are dying. 3,000 people are dying. Yeah, that's calamity. That's what it means. Every time you find it, it means bad. So God creates evil. He says he brought evil upon Babylon. He brought evil upon Israel when he killed 70,000 people in the 24th chapter of 2 Samuel. He had the death angel come and just annihilate 70,000 innocent people. Now, if you can come to the realization, but usually when we come to all of these things here, that's happening in our life. You know what we do? We stress out. We put ourselves under stress. We have contention in our life. And I'm going to talk to you about these words, contention and strife. Instead of saying, this is the will of God, at 81 years old, I've got to worry anything that happens, I say, this is the will of God. Now, what you have to learn to do, you will learn not to put yourself in situations. Usually, a lot of these things happen, not all of them, but a lot of them happens because of the position you put yourself into in life. I've done that. I did that in the music world. I put myself in a business that I had no business being in. Didn't have any business being the music business. It is corrupt to the core. Gospel music, country music, pop music, and I was in the middle of it. You can't tell me about it or tell me what it's about. And people pretend to be Christians and they cuss behind stage and they have women behind stage. They have illicit affairs on their buses. I know all about that. And I wasn't supposed to be in that business. And God made me so sick because of the stress that I was under and the contention that I had in fighting these people and I couldn't get along with any of them. Well, because the elect can't get along with the non-elect. Vessels of mercy cannot get along with vessels of wrath that are fitted to destruction. That's why we're given instructions to stay away from these people, to withdraw from every brother who walks. Don't just withdraw from the world. If a brother, a believer, walks disorderly, atoktos, A-T-A-K-T-O-S, and not in an orderly arrangement. Toktos means to be orderly. And the alpha primitive to gay set means not orderly. If a brother's doing that, withdraw from him. Get away from him. The Bible says, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses. Mark. Scopeo. Mark them which cause divisions. And offenses that are contrary, para. Contrary doesn't mean at the opposite end of the world. It's talking about, it's parallel. It's a parallel gospel, a parallel Jesus. And it's another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And they're walking along parallel to us, yet they're not exactly on the narrow way. 
And it looks like the same, but it's not. Well, when you get in these situations, people have a tendency to be in, to stressing out. The Bible says, whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed. Prohorizo means to predetermine, pro, for the boundary of horizo, and that's our word horizon. God has predetermined us for the light, and that's Christ. But man by his nature is not good. There's none good. There's none that understand. None seeks after God. Well, when he births us by his will, we were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He births us by his will. Of his own will begat he us. We were begotten into the kingdom of God by the will of God, not by man's will. Man has nothing good in him, and he's dead in sin, and he cannot seek something that's alive. Dead men do not seek living things. So God births us. He picks out a people and says, this one's mine. I'm going to arrange his life to cross the preaching of the gospel. When he hears it, I'm going to cut into his heart, make him alive, and he's not even going to know how it was done. I can't explain the new birth. I just know it happened to me. And he made me alive, and then he begins his work. And after he makes you alive, you're usually young, and you're full of intensity, you're young, you're vibrant, and you are enthusiastic about becoming a Christian, and you usually wind down. And God says, you're mine, and he brings the scourge upon you. He says, I scourge every son I receive. He receives us, decomai. That's in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Receive, deck, comes from deck. He does the receiving. We don't. This verse over in Hebrews 12 is the exact opposite. Hebrews 12 is the exact opposite of First of Corinthians 2.14. I haven't put it on the board like this. Let me... Put these in juxtaposition from one another, whatever that means, okay? We'll put them in opposition to each other. He scourges every son he receives. Scourge and receive is the word decomai. Over in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive spiritual things. Natural, P-S-U, C-H-I-K-O-S. The physical man, the man that can smell, see, touch, taste, hear. The sensual man, the man of the senses, does not receive decomai. Decomai comes from deck. Deck is the word ten. Over here in First Corinthians 2.14, it's the word 10. And a decade is 10 years. I'm trying to make this real elementary. Decade is 10 years. Decade. 10 years. A decalogue. Dec- 
Decalogue, L-O-G-U-E, comes from two words, Dec and Logos. And Dec is the word ten. Logos is the word, word, it's the Ten Commandments. Decalogue is the Ten Commandments. And this word Decomai, that God has to receive us, Decomai, when you're dead in sin, you're a natural man. You cannot receive spiritual things. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him because he's dead. But whom God receives, he scourges. I mean, sometimes I, I talk to people and I know I need to make this plainer. He scourges every son he receives. Scourge is the word mastix, M-A-S-T-I-X. comes from mastigao, M-A-S-T-I-G-O-O. The mastigao was the whip. It was a whip they used to whip people, and it was a called a cat of nine tails. And it was a short leather whip with pieces of glass and bone. And God says, I have to receive you. I have to accept you. I accept who I want to, and it's my will to do as I please. Our God sits in the heavens. He's done whatsoever he hath pleased. We've obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. So he does things as he wills. He does the receiving We do not. You cannot accept Christ. He has to pick out who he wants to. And since there's nobody good, what do you call that picking out? You call it grace. Grace is the word charis. Charis means favor that you have done nothing. It's completely unmerited. You didn't do any work to be favored. God just chose you before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I'm talking about predestination so you can understand. Since nobody is good, and there's none good, none understands, nobody seeks God, nobody. Read that third chapter of of Romans. None seeks after God, therefore... When he births you, you're a baby. You're young. You're full of enthusiasm and you want to go out and work for God, but you don't know nothing about the Bible. So the first time somebody puts you down, you get embarrassed and walk away. And if they put you down enough without learning, it's kind of like wanting to be a math teacher and you don't know nothing about math. Want to be an English teacher and know nothing about English. You can't be something that you're not supposed to be. If you don't have a if you don't have a personality for that or disposition for it, you're not supposed to be into things. Now, since God's preordained everything and He's preordained us to be conformed, sumorphos. To be conformed implies that you're not conforming as a baby believer, as one that has little faith. Oh, ye of little faith, Jesus kept telling the disciples, a little faith, puny faith, 
oligos, O-L-I-G-O-S, puny, pistis. Pistis is the word faith, and faith has to grow. And faith grows over time. That's what it does. But it takes the scourge and the whipping to beat us to make us understand all these things that are not yet done in our lives. When they come, if it's a job loss, a child disease, any kind of evil that's coming to your life, uh, losing your house, losing your job, whatever it is, it's the will of God. And when you begin to realize that, boy, I have realized that in my 80s. I have begun to realize I preached predestination for years before I began to realize all of the stress when I have people give me a problem in the ministry and people write to me and they cuss me and call me every name under the sun. I get to where I get tickled with it. I think it's funny because they don't know me. They call me a hard-nosed mean man and they don't know that I really love the flock. I really love the needy and the downtrodden. And that's because I have been needy and downtrodden. I was raised very, very poor. Got me a paper route when I was 12. I've bought every stitch of clothes that I've had since I got that paper route. Worked in grocery stores as sackers. What I want to do is talk to you about what makes you conform. What makes you conform is the things that puts the physical man... under strife and contention. Now, I've been talking to you about resting. You want to get to the place where you uh, strife and contention is not in your life. Now, if you get to be old enough, you'll stop fretting over things. I don't fret over anything. I have people write to me. I've got people on the Internet that write and they cuss me and call me every name under the sun because I say Christmas is pagan. God does not love everybody. Predestination is true. We're born again by the will of God. Man has no free will. and That makes people mad. But I really don't care because it's the truth. I don't care what you think. I want to please God, not men. If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So my interest is showing you this physical man, this fleshly man, this sukikos, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S, that man, the sensual man that doesn't receive spiritual things, he gets involved in strife and contention. I want to show you how the longer you live, the more fire you go through, the more trials, the more tribulation. What God is doing, He is breaking. He's breaking you. I keep representing this in the form of the inner man and the outer man. Paul said the inner man is Christ in you. This is in the this is in Romans seven. He said, I've got two men in me. The outer man serves the law of the flesh. 
and the inner man serves the law of God. That's everyone that is born again of God, law of God. I can see this very clear. I want you to learn to see it. You might not see it till you get older. It's hard to see when you're young and you got all those juices flying through your body and all your hormones rushing through and you I want this and I want her and I want him and I want a car and I want a job and I want to be successful. It's hard to see this. God has given to every man a measure of faith and he's given to every man the gift that he wants him to have. Everyone is disposed disposed to do certain things and you cannot get angry because you're not disposed to be a star or rich only wicked people are disposed to be rich and to be stars if for some reason you do come into a lot of money you need to spend it wisely and be a good be a good keeper of that be a good steward you not I've had people say, what if I come into a lot of money? Well, go out and buy a new Chevrolet and don't spend $200,000 on something. Buy something that'll get you around good so you can do the work of God and help people. But looking like a rich person, you don't need to do that. Now, this is one picture. The fact that God's predestined us to conform to his likeness He's predestined us to sumarphos. This is Romans eight twenty nine. What really gets me? Most people quote predestined whom he did foreknow prognosco. They could get to he's whom he did foreknow he predestined. And then they stop and they never get to be conformed to the image of Christ. Well, when you are striving, when you're full of strife and contention, that's not the icon of the likeness of Jesus. That's not the likeness. You've got to be willing to give up self. Self is the problem with striving and contention. That's the problem. When you come to the realization that God's doing everything, He's putting you through fire and trials and tribulation to make you like Jesus, you're going to come to a place when you get older as a believer, the more you study the Bible, the more you read, listen to these Greek words, learn them, the more you're going to say, this is what God wants in my life. You'll quit trying to reach for the stars and trying to become somebody special. You are already special because God has picked you out and showed grace upon you and mercy. Grace means favor that you didn't do anything to deserve. It has the same basic meaning as elect. And who did the electing? God did. You didn't. Elect, we're elected unto obedience. And the sprinkling of blood 
and a blood baptism was a death. So that has to do with death to self and striking out contention and strife. Until you come to that understanding, you're going to be frustrated. Frustration, that's what all these politicians are. They're frustrated. They want more money and more power, and they're fighting each other. That's what the business people are. That's what the music people are. That's what actors are. That's what real estate moguls are. That's what insurance insurance heads are. They're all the men that have money. They fight and wrestle and stay under strife the rest of their life. And everybody dies around 82, 84 up to 90. Now, I'm not very far from that. I'm 81. I'll be 82 here in about three and a half months. But I don't have stress anymore. I was shaving this morning. I was thinking, I don't know why I'm mentioning shaving. I was just thinking about how I don't worry anymore. I don't worry about anything. I don't worry about the people that give me a hard time. I have people that want to fight me. They write letters about me, send it, mail it around the country. Uh, they, there's people that will write things about me on the Internet, say that Jim Brown is an evil man and he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, send all these stupid things. And I had one guy didn't like it because I said stupid. <laughs> stupid is a Bible word. Ba'ar. Can I call somebody brutish? Ba'ar means to... That's the word brutish. It means to have the understanding of a brute beast. Uh, an animal that can't be trained. Like you try to take one of those wild animals out of the jungle. Take a Cape buffalo and try to run him with your cattle. He'll kill all of them. He's a gigantic thing with great big horns. Even lions are hesitant. It takes about five or six lions to jump on one of them to bring them down. A lot of times they can't bring them down. They're so fierce. And you don't need to be running with those kind of people. Brutish means dull of hearing. And the by, the man who hates instruction, the Bible says, is brutish. Let me put it this way. The man who hates definition is brutish. Brutish means dull of hearing. But I cannot say the word here unless I think of Proverbs 20 and 12. The hearing ear, hearing ear, and the seeing eye. The Lord hath made even both of them. Now, hear, that word hear is the same word as obey. Shema. So you can say the obedient ear, but you can't hear unless God gives you a spiritual ear. The seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. You know what I think of when I think of the seeing eye? I think of idolatry. Idolatry is the word E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Now this would go with 
this stressing out. Because idolatry comes from Ido and Lo and Latrua, L-A-T-R-E-U-O. Latrua means to serve. And Ido means to see. It means to serve what you see. So the hearing ear, the obedient ear, and the eye that looks at the right things keeps you from being frustrated and full of strife and contention. When you're full of strife, you're contending with somebody over stuff, over things, over self, and what you want. And you're full of strife and contention. And that's this outer man. He can never be satisfied. He that loveth silver will never be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance all you can get with increase. And that's what your eye keeps looking at as a sinner, as a man that is a baby until God deals with you through trials and fire and tribulation to grow up, grow up, and be mature. And that's the word arete, R-E-T-E. And that is the word virtue in Second Peter 1 and 5. 2 Peter 1 and 5. Notice how these things all go together. Besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith so your faith will grow. The adding has to do with while you're going through this fire and trials that you will grow up and add and add virtue. That's a rete. That means maturity. Grow up and be mature. When you get mature, you quit striving over everything. You quit contending with people over stuff and things and position. I want to be first in this. That's when you'll step back, say everybody else can be first and I'll be last. I want to give you some things about striving. The Bible says that a wrathful man stirreth up strife. The word wrathful and the word strife. Let's go over here to Proverbs 15 and 18. Proverbs 15. 15 and verse 18. A wrathful man. The Bible is saying that if you're striving, the word strive in this verse 15 and 18. 15, 18. A wrathful man stirreth up, up strife. The word wrathful, kima, means an angry, an angry man that is just hostile. C-H-E-M-A-H. He stirreth up Madon, M-A-D-O-W-N. And that means he wants to fight. When you're full of strife, you're usually wanting to fight for your way. 
The Bible says in First Timothy or in Second Timothy, the Bible says that the the children of God do not strive. That word "strive" is the word is the word uh, that means to fight. It's the word "mako." My M A C H O M A I. We get our word "macho" from that. The the man. God's children do not get macho and say, I'm going to whip everybody. You can't do that to me. So he says, the wrathful man striveth, stirreth up strife. He wants to fight. So if you're striving, you're wanting to fight and have your way. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Look over here in 16th chapter, verse 28. Sixteen twenty-eight. I'm going to read a few verses here. I'm going to start with 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. He digs up raw. That's the word evil. It's the common word evil. Same word, I make peace and create evil. An ungodly man, you're ungodly when you want to dig up evil and stir things and start stuff like a lot of people do with me. I've had people write letters and send them to people all over America and accuse me of things that's just as alien to this ministry and to me as it can be. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and his lips there is a burning fire. And it's talking about the same man. A froward man, and he's still the same ungodly man. A froward man, patapuka. T-A-P-U-K-A-H. Tapuka. A man that twists and perverts words. You can pervert my words and say, Jim means this, and I don't. I am very plain when I speak. I tell you exactly what I think. I don't have underlying meanings. I ought to be plain. How people can say, well, you meant this. You know, I meant it the way I said it. The Bible says, seeing we have such hope, we use great plainness. Parhesia, P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. We use great plainness of speech. Be blunt, to the point. I never do say something I don't mean, and I don't mean something different than what I say. I don't sit around thinking, I've got to get this guy, I've got to get that guy, I've got to get them back. That's called revenge. God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Vengeance is the word ek, D-I-K-E-S-I-S. It, ek, ek dikesis comes from ek, and D-I-K-E. D-K is the word right in the Greek. And ek is the word out. To write out something means to make it right. Making something right, God said, is my law. Vengeance is mine. I'll do the repaying. You do not get into a strife situation and a contention and fix people. Nobody does that. I've never seen anybody get in an argument and some guy say, gosh, I see what you mean now. 
the guy they're arguing with doesn't all of a sudden change his tune. Then it goes on to say, A forward man soweth strife. Madon, he wants to fight. When he's twisting the word of God, I have people write me and they want to fight me over definition. One guy wrote and said, It don't matter how much you define words, that don't mean it's right. You're ignoramus. That means you don't know nothing. And a whisperer separateth chief friends. The word whisper is the word nergon. N-I-R-G-A-N. It means to roll somebody to pieces with your tongue. It means to tear them apart. The tongue is set on fire of hell, James said. It's a deadly evil. Then he goes on to say, this is verse 29. A violent man, one that practices injustice, kamak, C-H-A-M-A-C, C-H-A-M-A-C. He practices injustice, not justice. He's unjust. A violent man enticeth enticeth the word pothaw p-a t-h a-w a-h pothaw means it means to have an open mind like a child they're open to anything you can say anything to them so he's enticing people that are open to any words he enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him into the way that is not good. He sh- now like this next verse. He shuts his eyes to devise forward things. What he's doing, the word devise is the word kashab. It means to to invent or to construct. It's the word means to fabricate kashab c-h-a-s-h-a-b let me erase some of this I'll put strife back up there when you strive if you can get old enough and go through enough fire you wake up one day and say, Lord, I I give up. I'm tired of fighting. I, no matter what these people say, that's okay. See, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was accused of everything. They said, he has got a devil. Uh, he's, a, he's proud and lifted up. The Pharisees said everything about Jesus. If I am God's preacher... And I believe I am with all my heart. You better watch out what you say about me because God may deal severely with you. And I'm not saying that in revenge. I'm saying God will deal with those people that come down on his preachers. Now, verse 29, a violent man entices his neighbor and leadeth him in a way that's not good. And this violent man shuts his eyes to the truth 
and devises twisted things about other people and about the Word of God. If you're devising, if you leave the definition, you've left the truth. It don't matter if you go to some Baptist church that talks about accept Christ and walk in the aisle. God's not giving anybody any invitation hymns. He's commanding His sheep to come to Him. And we were given to Him before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, All the Father giveth me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. This man shuts his eyes to fabricate Twisted things, tapuka, that same word. He fabricates twisted things about others. You really need to shut your mouth. You think God won't deal with you? He'll tear your life apart until you throw your hands in there and say, Lord, I surrender. Usually people are jealous because I want what he's got. I want his ministry. I want his car. I want his house. I want his money. I've come to the place I don't want anything except God's word to be be preached throughout the world. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. You can't trust somebody just because they're talking. The hoary head, it means the gray-haired man, is the crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. If a man is righteous and he's gray-haired, you better listen to him. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. You can be a great general, and the man that can rule his own heart, he's better than the man that's a great commander. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. A lot was like a like a dice. It was some form of of throwing a lot on the ground, and how, and it came out how God wanted it to. Now let me give you a couple more words on this strife. Look here at seventeen and one. Better is a dry morsel. Better is just have a mouthful of bread and quietness therewith than the house full of sacrifices with strife. That word strife there is the word madon. It's better just to have a mouthful, just enough to satisfy your hunger, than to have a house, they call every meal a sacrifice, than to have a house full of meals. And then when you go to verse 14 of that same chapter, the beginning of strife, madon, fighting, wanting to fight somebody, is as when one letteth out water, therefore leave off contention, reeb, R-I-Y-B. comes from R-U-W-B, which means to fight, Leave off fighting. Believers are not supposed to be fighting. Whichever come to, you're not supposed to fight for your way. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But they're not of this world. 
before it be meddled with. <coughs> water, letting out water, it just goes wherever it wants to go, and that's what strife does. Look in verse 19. He that loveth transgression, Pisha, revolt, P-E-S-H-A. A man who likes to revolt against God or against anybody, we're never to be involved in a revolt. Boy, that will make those guys a mess that was having all of those riots uh, right before this election. He that loveth transgression loveth. M-A-T-S-T-A-H. M-A-T-S-T-A-H. One of the definitions means a horse that is neighing. He's anxious for battle. These people that love strife are anxious. They go around looking for a fight all the time. I had a father like that. He's looking for a fight. He's looking to be offended everywhere he went. He wanted to be offended at, at if he's going to the grocery store, he's going to fight over the price of something. If he's going down to the department store, he'd fight over that. I had his temperament when I was young. I was always fighting for what was right. He was always fighting for his way. And I was wanting to set people straight. And I had to learn, you can't set anybody straight. So, he that loveth transgression loves to get in a fight. Well, let me put it this way. The guy who likes to fight loves transgression. He likes to transgress the law of God. And he's always looking for a revolt. And he that exalted his gate seeketh destruction. If you exalt yourself, the gate of a city was where all the transactions took place, where they sold and bought and sold. And the man that's building up his own gate, which means where he's doing business, if he's looking to build up his own gate, then he's very twisted. And he's looking to start trouble. And he says, And he that hath a perverse tongue, the word perverse means a twisted. He that's got a twisted tongue, hafak, perverted, hafak, H-A, P-H-A-K. The man twists everything every time he opens his mouth. I know people like that. I don't like to be around them. Everything they do is they're talking about somebody else. They're gossiping constantly. They're whispering. And they're not happy. And they're living in strife and contention. The believer is supposed to come out of that with the spiritual Sabbath. You know what strife and contention is? Look at it back over there. Look over there in Hebrews. It's the same thing we were talking about. He ceases from his own works. If you're going to enter into rest, you've got to overcome contention and strife. You can't be resting as a believer. 
There's a spiritual Sabbath. We've been ta- if you want to know what the Sabbath is, Sabbath means rest. You don't want to be involved in contention and strife. That is your works. And strife. That's man's sin. Man's sin. And you will not get to rest the spiritual Sabbath and you till you get out of your strife and out of your contention. And usually those are the basically the same word. Look over in Hebrews. It's talking about entering into rest all through this chapter 4. We enter into rest in verse 1, verse 3, twice in verse 3, rest in verse 4, rest in verse 5. And it's talking about you enter into rest because of belief. That's from the third chapter. Belief is the same word as faith, pistis. Unbelief is apistis, A-P-I-S-T-I-S. The alpha privative negates the word. It means no faith. And they couldn't enter into their rest. And that was what Canaan was called when they were in the wilderness, the ones that rebelled against God because of their unbelief, their apistis. So he says, you enter into rest when you cease your own works talking about your sin. When when you're in your sin, you're striving and you want to fulfill this outer man, all of the sin, all of the anger, all of the strife, all of the pride. Everything that it takes, it takes trials and tribulation and persecution. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. All that will of godly in Christ Jesus, living godly, is resting. And when you live in godly, you, you get, get rid of strife and you get rid of contention. But you don't get rid of it. God scourges you and he is conforming you to the likeness of Christ. That's what predestination is about. It's not just about God predestined you to get to heaven no matter what you do. No, it's what God is doing in you to conform you to Christ's likeness, His His icon, His likeness. And you've got to get rid of the strife and the contention. At 81, I know that God has done a lot of work on me. If you're not getting rid of the contention and strife at 81, you're a fool. If you're not getting rid of some of it at 60, you're a fool. Even 50, if God's not beginning to work on you to get rid of your strife and contention and wanting your way. I've had young men come in here. I want to be the preacher for for Jim. Take his place when he dies. Well, that ain't the way it works. A lot of young men have left here. And they were frustrated because they couldn't be in this position up here. I didn't start preaching to make a living. I was making a good living in real estate. I quit real estate because I got tired of it. I got tired of the contention and strife. I quit music because I got tired of the contention and strife. I've never been this contented in my life. Never. 
I'm afraid a lot of young men come here. They say, hey, he gets offerings here. I can start my own my own ministry and I can be I can be independent and make my living at preaching. If that's the reason you go into it, you're going into it for the wrong reason. I went into it after God put me in the hospital. He was killing me. And I began to surrender to God in the hospital at 45. I'd been making real good money in real estate. I said, okay, Lord, from now on, it's me and you against the world. I'm going to tell everybody all the truth all the time. And I went into it. I didn't even know how I was going to make a living because I wasn't making one when we started this. It started as a Bible class in my house. And now we're all over America, all over the world. We're on about three, 270 towns and cities on TV in Los Angeles, San Francisco, San, San Diego, San Jose, all over California. We're all over Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Beaumont, San Antonio, Austin. We're in the big boroughs of New York. I, I'm not bragging on this. I'm telling you. Until God brought me to a place of saying, I'm going to serve you and tell the truth about you, no matter what people like. I didn't come into it because I saw somebody being successful at it. I didn't know anybody that was teaching when I started teaching. Nobody. Christmas is pagan. Easter is pagan. God doesn't love everybody. And the longer I stayed in this truth, the quieter my life has become. I've had, I had little faith for years and God scourged me with tribulation and trials and persecution, condemnation from people. People have condemned me to no end. And you're not really affecting anything because I am content in Christ. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That word content in Philippians 4, 8, 4 11. Content is the word A-U-T-A-R-K-E-S. That's the word content. Content is the exact opposite of strife and contention. It's, I've learned to be content. Eight, here, this is a magnificent word. You really need to pay attention to it. Content. A-U-T-O. A-R-K-E-O. Auto is self. Arkeo means to ward off or drive away. Drive away. Self. What if I said Paul was in a, in a Roman jail waiting to be executed, and he said, I had to learn. God taught me with a lot of scourge. Was Paul perfect? No. He got mad at Barnabas at one point for wanting to take John Mark on a second missionary journey, and they had much contention. I don't believe Paul would have done that when he was older. But he was in a Roman jail when he said those words, I have learned to push away me. I have learned to push away contention and strife. That doesn't mean anything. If you'll get old enough, if you'll get 81 like me, how much long do I have to live? Not long. 
I might die in these next two years. Most men, every time some star dies, I look on the internet to see how old he was. And usually most of them are 82, 83, 84, 85. That's just down the road, just a little ways. A hop, skip, and a jump for me. It's right at my door. If I haven't learned to be content, and Paul was waiting to have his head cut off, he's waiting to be deheaded when he learned to push away self. And when he pushes away self, he's talking about all of those works of the flesh. That's He's learning to enter into the Sabbath while he's in a Roman jail Philippians was one of his prison epistles when he was in prison, waiting to die. You want to wait till you die to learn to push self away? I'm afraid a lot of you will have to do that. I'm not mad at anybody that's ever been here. A lot of them are mad at me. I'm too old to be angry anymore. It's such a waste of time. There was... I was watching some movie last night. I was really good. It's called The Help. It's about these black people and and the black slave servants in the South back in the 50s. Real good movie. And it showed this one white woman was writing a book about how the mistreatment all these black ladies were receiving from their bosses. And there's something happened in the movie, and one of the black ladies, after this white socialite lady, kept lying about this servant of hers, lied and told all kind of stories. The black lady walked up to her and got right in her face and said, Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of being underhanded? Aren't you tired of being sleazy and lying? Aren't you tired... I can, and boy, that really affected me when she said that. I thought, I can say that to the people. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of striving? Aren't you, are you tired of my dawn, of arguing and wanting to fight? Aren't you tired of wanting to have your way? Aren't you tired? And she was being real gentle when she said that. And this woman was so devious, this white woman was. It's a good movie. It's a good, clean movie. And I just thought, that's the way I want to tell the people, aren't you tired? I'm tired. I'm tired of me. Aren't you tired of you? Aren't you tired of contention and strife? And he says over here in, you want to rest? Believe that God is doing everything, even the bad things. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. The called is the church. Ecclesia. Ek kaleo. Kaleo is the word called. Ek means out. The called out is the church. All things that you're going through are working together for good. Therefore, what you're supposed to do in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why are you fighting against God? That's what Jesus said on the road to Damascus. He said, Paul, why are you fighting me? You're fighting me. I'm doing all of this in your life. 
And he says here in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, There remaineth therefore a rest, verse 9, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. Evidently, the translators knew what this means. The word rest is sabbatismos, S-A-B-B-I-S-T-I-S-M-O-S. It's the word Sabbath. There remains a rest. It means rest. And what he says in the next verse tells you what the rest is. And he says, For he is entered into his rest, referring to the Sabbath, but this word rest is the word katapasis. It means to settle down. You have to get over your strife. Pause down. That's what you do on the Sabbath of God, which is spiritual Sabbath. You have to rest from your strife. You've got to forget about it. It doesn't matter. Your life is short. To sit around and fight them. I'm glad I'd live to preach at this age because I can preach better at this age about what it's like to strive or contend because I've done that. For he hath entered into his rest, he hath ceased from his own works. Katapao. Katapao, that's what you do on the Sabbath. You rest from all of this striving and contention. Let's go back over there to Proverbs. Proverbs 20 and verse 3. 20 and 3. It is an honor for a man to cease. That would be the same word as ceasing from your own works. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, the works of the flesh, the ergon of the flesh, that's what he said. You have to cease from your ergon of the flesh, and that's what causes strife and contention in your life. It's, you're not ceasing from your own works. You're just as much involved in sin, that self, as you are when you're fighting for, when you're trying to get involved in adultery, in fornication, in thieving, and stealing, and all those things listed in Galatians, the fifth chapter. You're just as involved in it when you're stressing out over anything that self wants. A man has to deny himself and take up his cross and die to the flesh daily. He has to die to that outer man. I can't get away from this inner and outer man. So, it's honor for a man. A man is, what he's saying, if a man ceases his rib, R-I-Y-B, comes from rube, Rube is a word that means to fight. That's what the carnies in a carnival will yell if somebody tried to start something with one of those guys that's running one of those booths. They'll scream, Rube! And all of the carnies will come running. Somebody's trying to start something. It is an honor for a man to cease his strife, but every 
but every fool will be meddling, will be obstinate about it. Every fool, the word is evil, E-V-I-Y-L, E-V-I-Y-L. I'm sure we get our word evil from that, even though evil is the word raw. The man will the man that wants to he's a fool, he's perverse. That word evil means perverted. He's perverse, he twists everything. When he likes strife. Look here in Proverbs twenty two. Proverbs has a lot to say about contention and strife. Proverbs 22nd chapter, verse 10. 22 verse 10. Cast out the scorner and contention, madon. See, that's another, that's the same word as strife in a lot of verses. Madon. How do you get rid of strife? Cast out the scorner. Tell the scorner he has to leave the church. Scorner is the word lutes. Lutes means one who interprets the Bible for himself. He's an interpreter. He is a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. He's an actor under an assumed character. Hippocrates. That's a hoopo means under. Under. And cretase is a judge that pronounces crino or he judges people. Crino. He's a under judge. And they called their actors in the first century. The man who was on a stage, he put on a face, put on a false face and said, Hi, I love you. I, I'm just an actor. That was a stage actor in the first century. When Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, actors, hypocrites. You're pretending to be believers and you're not. You serve God with your lips, but your hearts are far from God. If you're striving, you're doing the wrong thing. Cast out the scorner and contention. The man who wants to be his own interpreter, if you leave definition, you've left the truth of God. Then in verse 24, I love verse 24, make no friendship with an angry man and with a Furious man, thou shalt not go. Because if you run with the men who are unlearned, if you're friends, you're ra'ah, that's the same thing as a shepherd. R-A-A-H. If you are a shepherd to evil men, and you can't run around with these people, the Bible says so. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrine you've learned and avoid these people. People who don't want the truth 
Eklino. You need to avoid them. This is Romans sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen. Eklino. It means to lean away from, a lean out from, stay away, and that's an imperative command in the Greek. It's a command. Men who were to mark them. Mark, scopeo, comes from our word scope. Oh, we got our word scope from it. It means aim at them. Point them out. To mark them which cause divisions. They, they, they divide the church with different beliefs. And they, they're corrupted, polluted. Then he says in verse, Make no friendship with an angry man against God. Withdraw from him. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rebuke them. And that don't just mean people are out here getting drunk and drinking. It means anybody in the church that's wanting to fight and be divisive. Now, look at 26.17. 26. Let's start in verse 13. 26. We're going to read 17, 20, and 21. This is about men who are involved in strife. And I'm going to read to you 13 down through about 28. 26. This is about strife. This is about worrying about what people are doing to you. Keep remembering most of these words, they're the same. They're either the same or they're basically the same. Let me erase some of this. All right. All right, let's look here in... If you notice, this is all about the inner and the outer man. So is predestination. Because this inner and the outer man is introduced to us in that seventh chapter of Romans, and predestination is there in the... 8th chapter of Romans, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He's predestined us to come out of this outer man, and that man die, and the inner man live in our life. And that will make you do one thing, rest. The striving. When I leave here, after I teach... For some reason, people think, well, Jim Brown is ruling the roost there in Nashville. And you get there and he's a tyrant and some kind of bully. I don't even hardly talk when I'm out. The only time I want to talk is I talk to people in public about Greek words and about the truth and the Bible. I get real quiet when I go home. Me and Mary will talk a little about the Bible. But I don't make noise and don't jump up and down. I'm living in a restful Sabbath is what I'm doing. I'm not striving. Over, I don't worry about nothing. I don't stress over anything. I know that everything happens is in God's will, that he willed it all. 
if you can come to that, it's hard to do when you're young in life. I don't have the job I want. I don't have the education I want. I don't have the future I want. If you can come to the realization that the future's already been planned, do the best you can, and the rest belongs to God. And He'll cause you to do as much as He wants you to do. If you have a self-start, I have, I'm a self-starter. I can start from square one and be moving fast. I mean, very quick. When I was young, I could. I can't do that much anymore. I'm old. But when I was young, I could just start up doing things. People say, how do you be successful? There's one word that you have to work, you have to learn. In the Greek, it's the word ergon. In our language, it's work, 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 work. That's the reason people can't be successful. But don't work and be stressing and striving and contending with people. Work and let people do whatever they want to you. And whenever you achieve anything, when you become the leader in any situation, you're going to have all kinds of opposition and enemies. You had not figured that out yet? You can't be a pastor without having lots of enemies. So if you don't want to have a lot of enemies, then don't be a pastor. That's going to happen. Paul had many enemies. Peter had many enemies. Isaiah had enemies coming out of his nose. They were everywhere. They wanted to kill him. They put Isaiah in a log and cut him in half. Paul said, they, I received 40 stripes, save one. You could only receive 40 stripes. So they only gave a man 39 in case they miscounted. Because if the guy beating the man went over 40, he had to get the same number of stripes. And you want to see about what Paul went through, read that 11th chapter of Second Corinthians. Now, how much time do I have, Mike? 19. I can't hear. 19. I don't have my hearing aids in there in a the repair shop. 19. 19, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's look here in 26, and let's start here in verse 13. 26, 13. And he identifies the slothful man with a man that's in his strife and contending. It's because he's lazy spiritually. He's, and the slothful man saith, I can't go to work. There's a line out in the street. My car won't. Have you ever read in Reader's Digest all the excuses people give for not making it to work? Some of it's crazy. Uh, the elevator stopped uh, between the third and the fir- third and the second floor, and I couldn't get out. Uh, I had to go to my dentist. A line is in the streets. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. He says, I've got to turn over my bed and sleep a little more. He's talking about lazy in the truth. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, and it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. He's too lazy to even put food in his own mouth. 
In a sense, that's saying he's too lazy to work so he can have food for his mouth. The sluggard, the same thing as slothful, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. The man that's conceited, he lifts himself up. And we're reading on because we're going to get to this man that strives. He He that passeth by and meddleth with strife. The word strife there is the word madon. It means he wants to fight. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife that belongs not to him. A lot of people, we said, are busybodies. Peri ergosh, remember the word? That's the common word busybody in the New Testament. Busybody. It means to work all around somebody else's life and get your nose into something it doesn't belong to. First of all, you don't usually know what's happening in that other situation. There's two sides to every story. Now, what verse was I in? 17. Huh? 17. Am I 26? 17. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife, belonging not to him, is like one that takes a dog by the ears and you're going to get bit. Stay out of stuff that's not your business. Well, I was telling the truth. It's not gossip. It's gossip. If you repeat something exactly the way that... If you repeat something with the exact words that was said, but you put a different inflection in your voice, then what you're doing is gossiping. You cannot put your inflection of your voice into something. If I said, get out of here, what does that mean? Well, in New York, that means I don't believe that. If I said, get out of here, that means get out the door and leave. So if you put your inflection on it, then you've lied. And it's gossip. As a man-man casteth firebrands, arrows, and death. What you've done, you've cast firebrands, which is a way of dying. Arrows and death. So is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? I was just kidding. And you've hurt people, and you've done it through gossiping and tail-bearing. You say, I was just kidding. You've hurt the man. Have no business ever gossiping. You don't have any business in using insulting language ever to anybody. You know, I had to learn that years ago. Don't use sarcastic humor. Never use that. People don't know how serious you are and if you're serious or if you're not. I don't like sarcasm. I did not like that guy that was king of sarcasm, the little short, bald-headed guy. He got on every TV show and insulted everybody. 
didn't like him. And then he says, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. If you don't feed the fire, it's not going to be one there. And your mouth will feed the fire. So where there is no talebearer, nobody to whisper, nergon to roll somebody to pieces with your mouth. Nergon. Where there is no talebearer, the strife, the madon, the fight stops. You have no business. Anybody that's ever written letters about me and sent them out to people, you don't have any business doing that. God will deal with you for doing that. Because most of it was lies. They just lied about me. And one guy sent letters all over America. Jim Brown did this, he's doing that, and it didn't happen. As coals, this is verse 21, as coals are to burning, as um, as coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife, to kindle meadow. If you're being contentious about everything, then you're kindling a fight. If you like to contend, you have to get over contention and strife in order to be resting and ceasing your works. When you cease your works, you work for Christ. You do your job. You do the best you can. If there's jealousy, you leave it alone. That's something men have a hard time doing. This is resting in God's Sabbath. This is what you're predestined to be like Christ. When Jesus stood before the Pharisees, They said, why don't you talk to us? Why would he talk to them when they'd made up their mind to crucify him? Why would he talk to them? When Pilate said, don't you know that I've got power to release you? Jesus knew he had already been approached by the Pharisees and say, if you let this man go, we're going to tell Caesar on you and you're going to be in trouble with Caesar. And boy, that's one thing they didn't want because the Jews gave Rome such a hard time. So Pilate says, all right, I'll kill him for you. The words of a tailbearer are his wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. When you're bearing tales about somebody, I've had people do that to me, and it hurts down to my core. But I don't talk back. I'm not going to talk back to anybody. If you're looking for an argument... You're talking to the wrong man. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. What does that mean? A potsherd. He equates a potsherd with silver dross with burning lips and a wicked heart. A potsherd was a piece of pottery broken off it was good for nothing that was a potsherd so if you take a potsherd and you cover it with silver and paint it with silver it's still good for nothing and that's what he says 
burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. So he's saying, you cannot have all this in you. If All of this is about the same man. He's a sluggard. He's slothful. He's lazy. He won't do the things of God. And he will not cease his causing contention and strife. That needs to be crossed out of all believers' lives. You say, Jim, I haven't conquered that yet. Most people haven't. Not till a lot of years pass by. Now look over here. Look over here at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and verse 25. He's still talking about striving and contending. 25. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up Madon, strive. He stirs up a fight. Let me put it this way. When you stir up strife, you are proud. You start a fight, you're proud. Remember, proud is the word. In the Greek, you got three words for proud. Alexania, A-L-A, Z-O-N-I-A. Huperephanos, H-U-P-E-R, E-P-H-A-N-O-S. And you got the word tuflos, tufao, T-U-P-H-O-O. These are the words proud and pride. And the Bible says, God resisteth. So if you're starting fights, God is at war with you, anti-tessomai. We're talking about being like Christ and entering into the spiritual Sabbath. Antitestamai means to wage war with proud. Hooperephanos comes from hooper, meaning above, and phanos, P H A. I-N-O-S means to shine. When you want to shine above others with your arguments or with your striving or with your contention, God is at war with you. Deal with that. And then you have the word alexania means self-esteem. You have to get rid of self. You have to ward off self. That's content. When you get rid of the fight for self, contending and striving, when you get rid of that, boy, how long does it take for God to get rid of that in your life? 40 years? 50 years? I have gone through so many changes in my life. I was real humble little boy. I grew up, got into gospel music, and I learned to get mean. Went out in the pop music field, and I got meaner. Went to real estate at 40 years old, and I saw some of the most corrupt things. The only thing more corrupt in real estate is the music world, particularly gospel singers. Biggest bunch of heathens I've ever been around in my life. 
They womanizers, sleeping women on their buses and motel rooms. You guys ain't got nothing I need or I even want. And I'm going to tell on you because they refuse to repent. If you don't repent, you'll die in your sin and you'll be in hell singing gospel songs. And Tufao comes from the word Tuflos. Well, the word Alazania means self-esteem. That's The Bible said we're to esteem others better than ourselves. When we esteem ourselves, we're involved in striving and contention and fighting. You ever want to get to a place of the spiritual rest of God? You'll rest when you when God stops that. God may have to put you in the hospital like he did me. And I put my hands in there and said, Lord, you're going to kill me if I don't stop trying to be rich and be somebody special. And I'd, I'd sit up on the side of the bed in Hendersonville Hospital and said those words out loud. Lord, you're going to kill me if I don't stop and live for you. You gospel singers, God's going to kill you and put you in hell. I believe he's already put a bunch of them in hell. I've heard him cuss, use filthy, vile language. Filthy. It was a world-famous world bass singer in that. And he had the dirtiest mouth of anybody I've ever been around. And they had women on their buses. A lot of them had girls all through the country. And they had wives back at home in Memphis. And you think that's not a strain? That's what the Bible says. Babylon lived deliciously. There in Revelation 18 and 4, or 18 and 6, they lived deliciously. Strainos means in a strain. You think striving and contending with the world, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of doing that if you're really a believer? Aren't you tired of striving and contending? Strainos. Aren't you tired of living in that strain? Let the world do what they want to you. That's what Jesus did. How do you get out of that? You stay away from those kind of people. Don't put yourself in that. I put myself in a business that was corrupt to the core in the music world. And everybody in music, and I'm pointing at the camera, you know this. You guys know this. There's a sexual atmosphere in every concert, whether it's gospel or country. We had a country guitarist, back one of the big stars coming here. He said the women were burying their breasts on the front rows behind stage. They were using the F word, the MF word. All this was going on. I said, what are you doing in that? He said, well, maybe my boss is going to retire someday and give us a big... Uh, pay day for having been with him I, I can't believe people believe that stuff to floss means to be blind and the bible uses that word it talks about there in the 6th chapter of 1st Timothy men who preach another doctrine another gospel hetero Didascalia, D-I-D-A-S, 
K-A-L-I-A. Heterodidascalia. That's another hetero, another didascalia, another doctrine. They're proud, proud, proud is the word tufio. They know nothing. When you're proud in the truth, you know nothing, and you're destitute of the truth. And one thing they do, destitute, and they suppose, these people that are proud suppose that gain more money is godliness. They suppose, suppose is the word, suppose is the word nomidzo. Nomidzo comes from the word namas. Namas is the Greek word law. They have legalized that if they have lots of money, they must be godly people. That's what Kenneth Copeland says. How can I not be blessed by God? Look at all the money I've got. Well, you can you can get a lot of money by robbing banks, by robbing breaks. I'm out of time. I have to come back to this. I'm seeing this whole picture. I hope you're getting a hold of this. The whole picture is about predestined to be like Christ, going through fire and trials and persecution, and God teaching us to give up ourself, which is striving and contention. I got a lot more to talk about striving and contention. And when you give up striving and contention, you give up fighting for your way. And you alter case, you're content, you push away self. And boy, if Paul wasn't content when he was in jail waiting to die, being an old man, he would have been foolish. I'm out of time. I can't get over this whole thing. I wanted to get back to putting on the inner man. This is a series that I can't get out of until I get out through all of those chapters Well, the Bible says, put on the new man. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, help me get this message over to people about stopping striving and contending. Stop the fight, Lord. Show men that they have to stop fighting. Lead us to your elect family. Lord, I pray this every time I pray. Lord, you fight our battles for us. I don't want to fight no more. If there's a fight to be done, you do it. Deal with our hearts. Crush us under your hand. That's the only way we will be content in this spiritual Sabbath. Rest in it. Resting from us. From our own works. Thank you for these truths in Christ's name. Amen. Do we not have somebody over in the side camera? What we did we not we just couldn't get anybody? Huh? 
I'm going to come back to this message next Tuesday. I can't even begin to get all of this. This is all tying together. Predestination with the scourge, with tribulation and trials and getting rid of self. That's what it's about. I hope it's affecting other people like it's affecting me. Because it's absolutely affecting me. I am tired of me. I hope we can get more people to be a part of this.